Make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. 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 So I talked a little bit on Sunday about a map somebody made. It was called, I think it was the Ebstorf map. I might be mispronouncing it. But basically what it was, was in the 13th century, uh, someone took 30 goat skins, dried them out, and painted a map of the world on them as they knew it. And the funny thing about this map was that Jerusalem was at the center of the map. All of these, uh, the rest of the world was outside. And the reason that they thought that is because for a very long time, People thought that Jerusalem was the center of the earth because anything that was going on during that time was going down in Jerusalem. And it's still a a pretty important place. People make pilgrimages to Jerusalem and to that area, uh, no matter be they Christian, Jewish or Muslim. Uh, And so going to Jerusalem, making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem was a, a, a great event. And I thought about that not only for the sermon, but I thought about that when I was preparing this message because in order to go to Jerusalem, you had to go through a gate. And there are a lot of famous gates around the world. There's the Brandenburg Gate. It was built in Germany by Prussian monarchs in the 18th century, but got even further famous uh, in the 20th century because the place that the Brandenburg Gate was built eventually became the divider between East and West Germany. And so it became even more famous when that wall finally got torn down Uh, because many families were separated from each other for decades behind this wall that was built on a gate. There's a South Gate in Seoul, Korea that was built in the 14th century and it was a greeting place for foreign emissaries in Korea. And uh, it also became a gate of protection because there were wild tigers in that area. And they built this gate to keep the wild tigers out because they would just come in and, and, and uh, ruin your day. Um, there are plenty of other places in Europe where gates remain. There's one uh, called the Amsterdam Port, 
which was built in 1335 and is on the old road to uh, Amsterdam. And it was it was restored and people came to visit that. And then there was the Bull in Darwaza, also called the Gate of Magnificence. It's in India. And it was built by the Emperor Akbar to commemorate a military victory. And it took 12 years to build. And the inscription on it testifies to Akbar's religious open-mindedness because now this is an Indian. But it says in Arabic, the inscription reads, Isa, son of Miriam, the world bridge pass over to it, but no build, no houses on it. He who comes, who, who hopes for a day may hope for eternity, but the world endures but an hour. Spend it on prayer for the rest is unseen. And it says, it's interesting that this Indian put this because Isa actually means Jesus in Arabic. And, and uh, those who may be familiar with the Quran will know when they talk about Jesus in the Quran, they call him Isa, the Messiah, and he's the son of Miriam which was Mary. Um, but yet and still, this man who had nothing to do necessarily with that religion still wanted to put this on the bridge or the gate uh, to it. And then there's a gate in the, the Middle East, which is called the Fortified Gates of Cairo, and they still stand as the gates of the old city of Jerusalem to remind travelers of the grandeur and the city that they were going to. So in order to go into Jerusalem, you had to go through gates. Uh, pilgrims would travel from far and wide. Uh, the people of God were spread out all over the place. But at least on, a regular, on some regular basis, they would all get together and go home to Jerusalem. Uh, entering the gates from a far away meant they were coming into the holy city and the presence of a temple, the, the dwelling place of God. To enter the gates of Jerusalem was to enter the very presence. And because they got to think about what was going on at that time and the gates that they were going through, it was a cause for celebration. They were coming home. It was an act of praise in order for them to go to the gates of Jerusalem and they would return. It was kind of like a family reunion. You know how we get when we go to a family reunion. We know how we get when we come home. We know how we get when all of our family members go home. You can tell when you are around a bunch of people who are at home with one another. Uh, you talk a little louder. You laugh a whole lot more. Um, you might tease your family members a whole lot more. Uh, uh, the game might get a little more exciting. I uh, love my family members to death, but if you pull out a deck of cards or if you slide out some dominoes, it might be a whole different situation. And what I'm saying is, is when you're around family, when you're coming home, there is an act, there is a thought process of celebrating. And not only that, is there an a, 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 a opportunity to celebrate, but those are the memories we hold on to when we get around and some of those people have gone on to glory. We still remember those times that we spent together, those, those domino games, those spade and big whist games. We, we still remember the fun that we'd have sitting around watching different TV shows and all of those things. And so when we get around family, 
there's a cause to celebrate. And that is what the text is talking about. They are coming home. And so they have something to be thankful about. The opportunity to be together once again. I say time and time again, you cannot be a Christian outside of community. The text says, how can you say you love God who you've never seen, but don't love your neighbor who you've seen every day? How you treat other people matters. I get to preach every Sunday and every now and then I get to preach some Wednesdays as well. But you all will still preach way more sermons than I ever will. You are always somebody's interpretation of a Christian. And so how you get together with all of these people, how you act when you're around other people is important. Uh, in the text, they, uh, they talk about this gathering and there are a couple things and I, I've noticed in the text and I'll be out your way. One thing that I learned about it is, is that God is the song and we are the singers. What song are we singing for Jesus? What song are we singing for God to the people we are around? What song are we singing to everyone? You never know what anybody's going through when they're next to you and how you treat them, how you speak to them, how you operate around them might be able to change their mood. So God is the song, but I ask, how are we singing it to one another? God is the creator and we are his creations. We did not create God. God was there in the beginning. He was there from the beginning and he'll be there from the end. He's the one who was and is and is to come. There is nobody like him. And we ought to be a, a, a representation of our creator. Uh, there are some strong genes in my family. Strong. You can look at my son immediately and tell who his daddy is. Ain't no question about it. You can look at my dad and tell who his son is. No question about it. And I've even seen my grandfather, John Cleveland Simpson. He went on to glory before I got here, but I could see in him all of my uncles. I look so much like my dad. I told church members uh, on Sunday, I look so much like my dad that, and my cousins look so much like my uncle that we were at our grandmother's house one day a long time ago and we saw a picture and we were trying to figure out when we took this picture. It was an old black and white picture and, then, and I was like, I don't, I, I, told, I told my cousin Stephen, Stephen, do you remember where we were when we took this picture? We must have taken it, but it was not Johnny Simpson Jr. and Stephen Simpson Jr. It was Johnny Simpson Sr. and Stephen Simpson Sr. They took the picture. And so if God is the creator and we are the created one, we ought to represent our heavenly father properly. Uh, and it says in the text that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God is the shepherd. We are his sheep. I have a bit of a pet peeve when I hear pastors say this and I'll just be transparent about it when a pastor calls himself a shepherd. Now, a pastor does have some shepherding responsibilities, but the text says the Lord is my shepherd. So at best, I would say my role as a pastor would be a sheepdog or under shepherd. I'm, I'm barking, earth, earth, don't go this way, earth, go that way. I'm, I'm there, but I am not the shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd and we are his sheep. 
And it's an interesting thing that I saw when I, when I it, was, it wasn't until I was grown until I actually came across actual sheep uh, that I wasn't wearing. Uh, but actual live sheep and something that I noticed about the sheep. It was a mother sheep and a, and a, a adult, I mean a child, a little baby calf. I think that's the right term for sheep. But the baby sheep, it was a baby sheep. And every time, if you ever wanted to get that mama sheep rattled, you touch the baby and move the baby outside of the sheep's eyesight. Whenever the sheep, the mom could not keep his eyes on its child, there was a problem. This little docile animal, the, 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 the animal that we make fun of and call people followers and things of that nature, got real bold, got real loud and start tearing some stuff up. And so I think about that when I think about my father. I, I'm glad that my father keeps his eyes, my heavenly father keeps his eyes on me. And whenever the eyes are not on it or somebody's trying to do something to me, I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I have somebody that is there to protect me, keep me and guide me. So God is the shepherd and we are the sheep. God is the blessed one and we are blessed by him. And God is love and we are loved by him. Uh, Be thankful to him and bless his name. Speak good of him. Speak well. Bless the Lord and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Only what you do for God will last. Only what you do for God will last. I can't remember what I watched on TV yesterday. I can't tell you what I had for lunch the other day. Those things pass away. There are people that make millions of dollars making music and can't tell you who the hot song was a year ago because all of that stuff does not matter. Some of those arguments that we have don't matter. Some of our feelings towards other people don't matter, but what matters is God is love. And God's truth endures for all generations. And we're told to do seven things in the text. We're told to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're told to worship We're told to come and we're told to know, we're told to enter, we're told to give thanks and we're told to bless. Make a joyful noise and worship. Worship literally means how much something is worth to you. Do we make a joyful noise unto the Lord or do we settle for sighs and boredom and complaints? Do we worship the Lord with gladness or do we worship the Lord out of obligation? When we come into his presence, are we happy? Are we singing? Have we worshipped on our way to worship? Or do we expect the person in the, on the stage to entertain us? Worship means you, you express literally how much something is worth to you. Worship is designed to praise God and be in God's presence. So it ought to be joyful. It might not, it's not supposed to look like an ancient gate. Or ruins. Some of those gates that I talked about uh, in the beginning of the message were all ruins. They're torn down, dilapidated, but this is something we're coming into to take over. Worship, you literally express how much it's worth to you. If it's not worth much to you, then you don't express much. And I hear a lot of people say, well, Pastor, it don't take all that much. I'd rather be deep and introspective. 
You might be. There are some natural introverts. But I've learned that we all get excited about what we want to get excited about. Uh, We want to get all deep and reserved when we're in church. But we're very loud at the ball high school football game. When Central is scoring a touchdown, I don't see people sitting with their arms folded and, hmm, amen. That was a great job. No, we are excited when we want something. If somebody was to walk up to you and put $100 in your pocket for no obligation, I'm pretty sure you would be excited about that. And we'll do you one better. When you want something, you want to get everything that you want. If you go to the ATM machine and punch in your PIN number and request $100 out the bank account and you get 80, you don't just sit there, oh, no, well, praise God, uh, um, I'm going to keep it to myself now. No, no, you're going to try to tear that ATM machine down. You want everything that is there for you. And so we ought to be the same way about the God who woke us up this morning and started us on our way and put food on our table and clothes on our backs and a roof over our head and giving us the activity of our minds and our very breath is not even ours. You don't even own your own breath. If you did, if you think you own your own breath, try to hold it and see what happens. We ought to have a reason to pray. But there are some things that keep us from praising. Guilt and shame and depression. Judgment of others. Uh, The text tells us to come. We need to go to God. When we are having those troubles in life, the church is the best place to be. That is not the time to distance yourself away from the family of God. That's a trick of the enemy because when you're in isolation, you can be defeated. A two-four cord is strong, but a three-four cord is not easily broken. We need to be together and not worry about the shame and the depression and the judgment of others and feeling guilty about it. If you feel guilty about something you have done, you are in good company. The fact that you feel guilty about it means that you care. And there is nothing that you have done that God will not be able to forgive. The Bible says, if my people who were called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal the land. You got to be willing to come into his presence with thanksgiving. You have to be willing to come into his court. The Bible says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The Bible says to fail not to assemble thyself. We ought to be willing to come to God. Uh, it talks about Jesus going to the temple as was his custom time and time again. So even Jesus, when he had those troubles, he would go to the Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins in 1 John 1 and 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So there is nothing preventing us from going to God but ourselves. Uh, It doesn't matter as much what other people say about you. It matters what you say about yourself. It doesn't matter what they call you. It matters what, what matters is what you answer to. And so you cannot allow yourself to be internally, tell yourself time and time again eternally that you are not deserving of God's praise. 
that you are not deserving of an opportunity rather to praise God and gather in his name. There is no stain that cannot be removed. That is a reason to praise. There is nothing on you that cannot be removed. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flood that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.